Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing our studies here in the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we are here in chapter number 4, looking at verse number 16, which says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, as we've been going through this passage, we've been looking at the issues of the angelic realm and looking at some things of what the Bible actually says as the Apostle Paul identifies that the Lord Jesus Christ as he's coming back for the church, the body of Christ, that he's coming with three different things. And we looked at the issue of the shout then there's the voice of the archangel, and then there's the trump of God that he's coming back with. And as he's coming back for us, those who have put their trust in the gospel message, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, that the issue is the Lord Jesus Christ coming back for us with these things and the angelic realm, that voice of the archangel, the angelic realm that we're going to be having positions of authority over for all of eternity. And we looked at, at the very end of last week's episode, the issue of how the Apostle Paul starts talking about that we're going to reign with him in the heavenly places. He identifies this fact that we're going to judge angels. And that's what we're going to kind of pick up with today is this issue of these positions of authority that we're going to have in the heavenly places. And we see how Paul in three different passages, starts to identify these positions of authority. Let's turn over to Ephesians chapter number 1. Here we're going to see the issue of where Paul, talking, we're going to start here, verse number 18 of Ephesians 1, says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So here in Ephesians 1, 
you see how Paul's speaking of these positions in verse 21, the principality, the power, the might, the dominion, and then there's a group that's called every name that is named. And in verse 23, he speaks about how the body, the fullness of them that filleth all and all. And how what we're going to see is that as part of the catching out of the saints, that we are going to be filling those positions that are currently filled by the angelic realm. That's why he says, which filleth all in all. We are going to be the ones filling them. Now, you see this list, and then there's a couple other places where the Apostle Paul starts to list some of these positions. We're here in Ephesians. Let's turn over to chapter number 6. And we're going to look at, and this is right before Paul starts talking about the armor of God that we need to be putting on. But in verse number 12, as he's discussing this battle that we have, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So as he's describing this wrestling that we have with these angelic beings, you see that he starts to add on a couple more things that would be these positions in the angelic realm. Now, these are the ones, if we're wrestling against them, these are the, the fallen angelic realm that had been in these positions. And so as Paul's listing them out, we see, okay, that these are some other things that we are going to be filling. Let's turn over to Colossians chapter number 1. So as Paul writes to the assembly here in Coloss, that he's going to bring up another group here in verse 16 of Colossians 1. It says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So here, Paul talking about the creation, talking about how everything was created by him and for him and includes these positions in the heavenly places. Now, when you actually look at all these positions, taking these three passages together, you see that Paul actually brings up eight different categories of positions that are listed. You know, the last one is one that's called every name that is named. And for each of these positions, I'm going to give the 
you know, Greek word. I'm going to pr- attempt to pronounce as best as I can. Um, it's the word would be ergates, and it identifies a worker who toils. Now, that's going to be kind of that lowest position, and we'll see as we get into a discussion related to the judgment seat of Christ that the individuals who hold this position are the ones that are you know everything has burned away this would be the individuals that in 2nd Timothy the passage we left off with last week that when it talks about you know if we suffer we shall reign with him but if we deny him he will deny us we identified how that denial is speaking of that ability to reign with him. Those who he's denying are going to fall into that category of the every name that is named. So they're the individuals who have the thing of where they'll be with the Lord Jesus Christ for all of eternity in the heavenly places they just will not have that ability to reign with him. And they're part of that every name that is named. And as we look at this, you see how this is why you start seeing individuals that are denying the idea of the catching out of the saints. They're denying the judgment seat of Christ saying that those are not things that apply to us today that they're taking away from all of these things that the apostle Paul's making a reference to and in a way that's saying well this is what the scripture says even though they're the ones that are kind of twisting around what the verses actually say. Now, as you go through those other, these verses, and we're going to start from the very top of the other seven of these positions that Paul has laid out. And the first one would be the principality. And the principality, this would be the Greek word archon, and it would refer to kind of the highest rank or authority. So if we put it from the perspective of, you know, kind of man's government, you know, the principality would kind of be, for example, like the president of the United States, having that highest rank or authority to where they're ruling over everything. This is where, you know, you see how the scripture is talking about Michael, your prince. When, you know, talking in the book of Daniel, identifying that Michael was the prince, uh, you know, related to the nation of Israel. That the principality is this highest position. This would be the position that the Apostle Paul had attained to when you see he makes a reference in 2 Timothy chapter number 4 talking about you know how his life is about to end he says I fought a good fight 
I finished my course. I have kept the faith that the course that he had allows for him to be, that he will be one of those principalities in the heavenly places for all of eternity. Now, the second position, that's the one that's called power. And power would be the Greek word exousia. And it refers to the fact of a ruling authority given a delegated position. So this is kind of that next level that would be given. So that would go from essentially the thing of, okay, would go from a president to now a governorship. So kind of that next level down in the government. Then the next would be the might. And then would refer to as, you know, the Greek word is dumanis. It means the right to exercise authority. And would refer for almost to like a military police type of thing. So it's the ones who are kind of make you know almost kind of enforcing the things of what have been decided over then you have the thrones and that's a the greek word thronus and it's the seat of authority over a local geographic area so we can see how these are getting to be a thing of where because they're having smaller pieces of authority there would be more of these positions based on the fact that they're ruling over smaller parts. Then you have dominion, and that would be the Greek word kurites, and it would refer to lordship over one particular area. So now we're getting even smaller into these things. Then you have the sixth one would be kind of that idea of which referred to as darkness or light. Now, the Greek word would be cosmocrator. And we refer to kind of an emissary or an ambassador. And then the last one is kind of, you see how Paul calls it spiritual wickedness that we were thinking. And that's the Greek word poneria. And it refers to one who causes a deception. So this would be the individuals who are you know, given authority to kind of communicate certain things. You know, he's talking about the individuals having that deception because that's the, from the aspect of those that we're fighting against, that's what's going on. As we would be in the heavenly places, it would shift from the idea of the deception to communicating what God wants to actually have occurred. Now, one of the things that's happened is that individuals, they read through these those verses, they don't understand what's really being referred to. And then they start, because they don't understand it, they kind of shift away from the idea of the rewards, the authority, not wanting to really grasp the aspect of what it is that the Apostle Paul's actually saying for us. And then they take away 
the aspect. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. The aspect of what the Apostle Paul says here in verse 10, when he says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And so we see how Paul's identifying this thing here and talking about how there's things that are good or bad that individuals have done and that we're receiving things according to what that is. And the first immediate aspect of where individuals kind of resist the idea of this is they immediately just shift into that aspect of how during the dispensation of the grace of God that we are not saved by works so works have nothing to do with who we are and here we have something talking about works and since it's talking about works it can't possibly be us and that's how this whole thought process will actually start and again rejecting the things of what Paul actually says if we go back over to the book of Ephesians let's go to Ephesians chapter number 2 and we're going to see and this is a very popular verse that individuals who understand the grace of God will use. We're going to start here at verse number 8 of Ephesians chapter number 2. It says, For by grace ye saved through faith, and it not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And, and people stop right there without reading the next verse, because they're focused on the issue of the justification that's spoken of in verses 8 and 9 about how we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. So that our works have nothing to do with our justification. And that is 100% correct during the dispensation of the grace of God. You know, this is something that only the Apostle Paul could have said. Nobody else could ever have said that individuals are justified by faith alone and not by works. That's why you have that whole discussion that, of where individuals struggle of where Romans chapter number 4 and James chapter number 2 talking about you know, the justification James talked about that faith without works is dead. James written to the 12 tribes scattered. So he's writing to the nation of Israel who their salvation was based on their works. Romans 4 talks about how that we're justified by his faith and doesn't talk anything about works being part of the justification of an individual. Now, verses 8 and 9 definitely are 
the things talking about our salvation. But you see how Paul in verse number 10 of Ephesians chapter number 2 says something here about what God is looking for from us as a result of the fact that we have our salvation. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So God has ordained that we should walk in good works. We should be demonstrating good works in our life if we are truly following the doctrine that is laid out in Romans through Philemon, that we would actually be showing good works in our lives. We would be living a life that would be pleasing unto God, a life that's going to build the things which would give for their reward of what it is that we've been speaking about here, those positions in the heavenly places that the Apostle Paul talking about the judgment seat of Christ, that reality of what is truly promised to us today, that we would receive those things. That we we need to be demonstrating those works in order to... And we see... And we're going to probably end up having to talk about the judgment seat of Christ next time. But you'll see how it talks about that there's two different categories of things. There's the gold, silver, and precious stones. And there's the wood, hay, and stubble. And how those two things are going to be divided into these categories of where the wood, hay, and stubble are going to be the things that go contrary to what the Word of God says for us today. The gold, silver, and precious stones line up with what the word of God says for us. And the wood, hay, and stubble burn away. The gold, silver, precious stones will remain. And that's what's going to base our reward on those things of the gold, silver, and precious stones. But it's all based on what the word of God says for us today that we find in the books of Romans through Philemon. And as you go through those books and study them out, you'll see how Paul will give, here's the doctrinal information that you need, but he'll also give the issues of, and here's how if you're taking this doctrine and you're applying it to your life, this is how all of this is going to come about and be reflected in your day-to-day life in the practical sense. He gives us how it is that we should be living our lives. And that's why sometimes individuals, they'll struggle with the idea of when you start looking at the Word of God rightly divided and individuals have the tendency to just focus on and the teaching is the doctrine, the doctrine, the doctrine. And go, and so sometimes you know, people go, well, you never teach the practical things. Well, if you're understanding 
the doctrine, the doctrine is going to influence your life and the practical piece of this is going to work itself out and you're going to live the life that God actually intends for you to live. You know, so that's why there tends to be more of a focus on the things of, you know, the doctrine that's laid out in Romans through Philemon, giving people that particular information, especially because it's the only place where we can find our doctrine for today. Now, next week, like I said, we're going to pick up and we're going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, where the Apostle Paul actually lays out the details of the judgment seat of Christ and talks about how that's actually going to work. So that'll be our focus next week. So as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some audio files of some previous messages. We have some uh, charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have information on how to join our Sunday service and our Wednesday night Bible study live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. And as always, if you happen to be in the Buffalo area, we'd love to have you join us at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 83 Anderson Road in Cheektowaga, New York. And as always, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.